This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie. And helping Christians stay informed about government. This puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. President Trump's State of the Union was a home run this past week. That's right, President Trump's State of the Union was a home run this past week. Walker Wildman, exposing Washington on the American Family Radio Network. Glad to be with you today. Once again, you're listening to the American Family Radio Network. I am your host, Walker Wildman, and the program is called exposing Washington. So we're going to take a deep dive into the politics of Washington, D.C. And I'm going to talk about President Trump's State of the Union, play a few clips from it, a few highlights from the State of the Union. And then we're going to jump into the Democrats and this call for socialism. This outright call for socialism and the Democrat Party. I mean, there is no shame here. There's no hidden agenda. The Democrats out and proud about socialism and out and proud about killing babies, not only in the womb, but let's kill them out of the womb. That's what the Democrats are lobbying for in recent weeks. So we'll talk about all of that uh, on the show today. But before we jump in to to Washington, D.C. politics, Washington, D.C. policy, what's going on there, we're going to talk about an issue that is very important to us here at the American Family Association and American Family Radio, and that is something called India Partners, a ministry called India Partners that American Family Radio partners with each year around this time of year. And here's what we're offering. Here's what we're doing through India Partners. In Mumbai, India, there's what's called the red light districts. And in the red light districts, there's, uh, there's prostitution amongst the women. There's even uh, sex trafficking amongst the women and children. And so it's a very, very dark place in Mumbai, India, and other parts of India. So what American Family Radio is doing each year is we are partnering with India Partners to provide days of safety for children who are escaping the red light districts of Mumbai, India, who are escaping sex trafficking, prostitution in Mumbai, India. So we're providing days and nights of safety for those escaping the red light districts of Mumbai, India. So here's what you can do from a practical standpoint. Look, this is a great way to help the body of Christ carry out the Great Commission and to care for those in need. So for $7.08, you can provide one day of safety for children in India. One day of safety for children in India who are escaping the red light districts. Seven bucks. Seven dollars. And so for roughly $50, you can provide an entire week of safety for children in India. So here's the way to give. AFR.net is the website. AFR.net. Go to the website. Takes you just about three to four minutes to fill out uh, to give an online gift. I did it yesterday. It took me about four minutes. Or you can call uh, our offices 
and 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 give over the phone. And you can give over the phone. So AFR.net is the website, and then I'll uh, get the number here shortly. Brent, if you don't mind texting me the number, the 800 number, then I'll uh, give out that to the listeners. But AFR.net, and then I'll give out the phone number at the end of the show for you to call and give, whichever way you want to give. So India Partners is a project. American Family Radio is partnering with India Partners to help protect and provide safety to the children in India. And so this is very hands-on. We've verified the work. We've added in layers of accountability. We know where the money goes in India. We've been to the safe houses. And so what happens is oftentimes these women uh, will bring their children to the safe house. They'll bring their children to the safe house and and drop them off. And, And many times the... The children stay at the safe house until they're 18 years old. That's often the case. They stay for years. It's almost like what we would call an orphanage in the United States. These children stay for several years, and and we provide, those missionaries on the ground provide education, food, uh, a clean bed to sleep in. They provide uh, warm water for a bath. Uh, all the amenities needed, the basic amenities that we that we take for granted here in the U.S., Uh, We provide these children, and we preach the gospel to them on a regular basis. So very well-rounded project, and we're trying to just make a difference there in India for those who are lost. AFR.net, once again, is a website. But I want to move on and talk about President Trump's State of the Union this week. You know, I thought, and I've had many people, uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. put out a statement and said, this is the best speech that I've heard in my lifetime, that's Jerry Falwell Jr., president of Liberty University speaking, and he went on to say how President Trump's the best president since George Washington. And some might say, well, that's a little bit of a stretch, but I don't know. I mean, it's not that far of a stretch. It's, it's worth discussing, at least. Definitely the best president since Ronald Reagan, and some would say, and I might agree with this, that President Trump is even more conservative than Ronald Reagan and has done more things uh, for the good of the country than Ronald Reagan, but that's, uh, I'm sure good people can disagree on that. Nonetheless, President Trump is doing a great job as Commander-in-Chief. One of the great jobs he did this past week was his State of the Union speech. And I want to play clip one here. You know, this is a montage of President Trump this week, and then it's, and then every, every so often during this clip, there's a flashback of President Obama speaking in 2009. I believe President Obama speaking at like a town hall event in 09. But this is a montage of President Trump's position on border security and former President Barack Obama's position on border security. Clip one. Let's listen. Tonight, I am asking you to defend our very dangerous southern border. We do have to have control of our borders. Tens of thousands of innocent Americans are killed by lethal drugs that cross our border. How do we get control over the border that's become more violent because of the drug trade? Working class Americans are left to pay the price for mass illegal immigration, reduced jobs, lower wages. They end up being abused and that depresses the wages of everybody, all Americans. Whoa, does that sound familiar? Those, those, those policy positions are basically identical. One of them's President Obama in 2009, and one of them's President Trump in 2019. See, the Democrats used to be for border security. At least they said they were. 
Same with Republicans. Republicans have said they're for border security, but in reality, they're not. For the most part, I'm talking. Democrats almost universally are for open borders. Republicans are wishy-washy on the issue, some of them. And so you, 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 have, to, you have to ask the question, why the, why the drastic policy change? And here's exactly why. Democrats and Republicans used to talk and talk and talk about how they're for border security. But in reality, they weren't. They didn't do anything to fix the problem. You know why? Because lobbyists, big business, the elites are all for open borders. You know why? Because it provides cheap labor for all of their uh, big companies. Cheap labor for the farmers, for the manufacturing jobs, a lot of the blue-collar jobs. These illegal immigrants would fill those jobs, work for seven, six, five dollars an hour, and the companies would the, the 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 executives and the companies would pocket the the revenue uh, or the excess uh, revenue, and that's the way they that's the way they thrived. And so Republicans and Democrats, for the most part, have been for open borders for the past 50 years because it has benefited big business. And all of a sudden, a man named Donald Trump takes the White House and then the Democrats turn 180 degrees and they're completely against border security. That's because... They knew that President Trump meant what he said when he said he would secure our borders. So Democrats had to flip-flop on that issue so they could protect their special interest uh, lobby lobbyists. And that's why, honestly, you have trouble with some establishment Republicans on building the wall because they are, they are bought and paid for by the big business and the lobbyists and the farming industry, and it's cheap labor. So you don't want to get involved or mess up the special interest groups. So that, that's, that explains the drastic policy change from 2009 to 2019 on behalf of the Democrats. Moving on here, I want to talk about another subject. And by the way, as I've mentioned, Democrats want open borders because they want amnesty. And they want amnesty because they want eternal Democrat voters as they want the illegal immigrants to vote for the Democrat Party in large swaths. That's why Democrats want open borders, is because they want long-term voters when, whenever they're given amnesty at some point. And that's why, that's why the Democrats are for open borders, because that will be the death of the Republican Party as we know it. If, if, if Democrats get widespread amnesty and these folks can vote, they're going to vote for the Democrats. They're going to vote for the Democrats. President Trump this past week at the State of the Union State of the Union also spoke about abortion, which I thought was very, very bold on behalf of President Trump. I'll just let him speak for himself. Clip two. Let's listen. Lawmakers in New York cheered with delight upon the passage of legislation that would allow a baby to be ripped from the mother's womb moments from birth. These are living, feeling, beautiful babies who will never get the chance to share their love and their dreams with the world. And then we had the case of the governor of Virginia, where he stated he would execute a baby after birth. 
to defend the dignity of every person, I am asking Congress to pass legislation to prohibit the late-term abortion of children who can feel pain in the mother's womb. Well, there you have it. That's President Trump. And this is a very sobering issue, as we've talked about before. You know, the Democrats, I mean, this is sick, folks. This is very, very evil. It is evil. And, you know, we're not talking about lowering taxes. We're not talking about, you know, Medicare for all. And and those things have very adverse effects. Don't get me wrong. Those are horrible policies. And they will result in a poor quality of life for some people. But, but this cuts straight to the life issue. And that is whether we want to keep killing babies or not. Whether we want to keep killing babies in the mother's womb. And you know, I get emails sometimes, folks telling me how, that, uh, that, that, that they, they can't stand listening to the, this discussion. That, that it's just, it makes them cringe. That it's, that it's like R-rated. But look, this is reality. This is reality. I'll almost guarantee you during the Holocaust, people weren't talking about Hitler in these vague terms. No, he was killing Jews. He was slaughtering Jews like animals. That's what Hitler was doing. So we can't whitewash this. We can't be vague about it. Our country's killing babies. We're killing babies in the womb, tearing them apart. That's what's happening. And so I don't want to hear people complain about that we're talking about this graphic issue when this, this stuff's happening. We've got to talk about it. As a matter of fact, I would argue we need to talk in these plain terms more often because we paint it sometimes as, oh, it's abortion. Oh, it's, it's pro-choice. No, no, it's, it's pro-baby killing. That's what it is. We need to talk about this issue in the, in the fa- around the facts and around the plain terms, the, the accurate terms that, this, that, that explains this issue. And so, you know, we can't, we can't tiptoe around this issue. We can't walk on eggshells. Our country's killing babies. Life begins at conception. Heartbeat begins at like 8 to 10 days at the earliest. And so... Life begins at conception, period. And we need to stop killing babies, period. You know, I, I understand that, that we're going to win this war. Sometimes it takes incremental steps. We have to first abolish third-term abortions, maybe take a hit at second-term abortions, and then eventually get down to some, like some states are doing, like Mississippi has done, and, and do a 15-week abortion ban. And then maybe do like a heartbeat ban. I understand that this battle is going to be fought in increments. I'm okay with that. Sometimes that's what it takes. But we need to be clear in articulating this issue that abortion is wrong, period. And I don't want to hear the the rape and incest issue brought up. That that is that is that that totally works against the pro-life position. As if somehow, if a child is conceived because of those two, might I add, tragic situations, rape and incest, which actually is a very, very small percentage of that actually happening, but as if somehow that situation makes the child invaluable. 
is if somehow God's God's created child is invaluable because of the situation that they were they were conceived in. So abortion is wrong altogether, point blank. From the moment of conception, children do not need to be murdered. And I don't care what the situation is. That needs to be our goal. That needs to be our position. And so, so, so I'm proud of President Trump for pointing this out. For pointing this out because it needs to be discussed and we need to abolish abortion immediately. We need to abolish abortion ASAP because every day that we allow abortion to stand, more babies are dying. More babies are dying and that's a sad fact, but that's the fact. And we got to talk about it. Moving on here, you know, uh, the the uh, another another. You know, earlier I was talking about how, you know, some of these left wing ideas are, are are decrease the quality of life. And 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 speaking of decreasing the quality of life for Americans, let's try to implement the Democrats' version of socialism on our country. That's what they're trying to do. So not only are they talking about killing babies outside of the womb, and 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 killing more babies in the womb in the third trimester, they're trying to tout this, this idea of socialism. And, and, and if this does not turn your average American away, I don't know what will. Just this week, President Trump hit on this in the State of the Union. This is the last clip we'll play from the State of the Union. But this is President Trump on whether America will become a socialist country. Clip for you. Let's listen. America was founded on liberty and independence and not government coercion, domination, and control. We are born free, and we will stay free. Tonight, we renew our resolve that America will never be a socialist country. Well, there you have it. So that's President Trump on multiple occasions during his speech denouncing socialism. That's also a notable thing that President Trump did in his speech and, you know, President Trump spot on. The Democrats are, are, they are shifting left farther than I can keep up with, or quicker than I can keep up with. And, you know, last week we talked about this whole idea of a $15 minimum wage. Boy, is that a bad idea. And I explained to you, I explained to you why that is a bad idea. And folks, this is not rocket science. If I can figure it out, so can you. Here's what a $15 minimum wage does. The first thing the CEO is going to do is he's going to lay off half of his staff. They're going to lay off half of the employees. For example, if they're paying, if they're currently paying $9, 10 $11 an hour, which is actually not that bad, and if you don't have a college degree and stuff, but... Nonetheless, if, if you force companies like McDonald's, for goodness sake, to pay 15 bucks an hour to someone who doesn't even have their high school diploma, then, then the McDonald's company, they're just going to lay off. First off, you lay off half the people, you increase the workload for the other half that you kept, and then you start hiring robots. Then you start buying robots to do the job of the humans. That's what they're going to do. That's actually what they're already doing in California, New York, Illinois, and some of these other socialist utopias that the Democrats are heading up. That's what they're doing, folks. 
You go to California, you do some looking around, and some of these fast food joints, some of these manufacturing places, there's less employees, there's more robots, and the employees that are working there are doing three people's jobs. And so it absolutely decreases the quality of life for average Americans, for blue-collar Americans, and that's why President Trump won in 2016. Because America, in large part, did not want to go down the socialist path, the, the government top-down control path that Hillary Clinton and the left-wing Democrats were going to take us. Speaking of socialism and the Democrats creeping farther and farther left, you know, the Democrats are, they're, I mean, we're, they're wanting to turn our country into Venezuela. And they're not ashamed about it. They're not ashamed about it. They want to turn America into a modern-day Venezuela and it's a horrible idea. But one other subject when it comes to socialism is this, what they're calling the Green New Deal. The Green New Deal. And what they're wanting to do here, folks, you know, you think you think the $15 minimum wage is a bad idea? Well, that, 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 that has nothing on this idea. The Green New Deal is threatens a, quote, massive transformation of our society. It was put forth by the socialist out of New York, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And here are a couple things. It all is aimed at, quote, climate change, which is, and, and quote, global warming, which is actually a myth. It's been factually, scientifically disproven. The whole idea that there's, there's this massive man-made global warming and the world's going to end in 12 years. That is the biggest conspiracy theory, the biggest joke that I've ever heard. And the left-wing media wants to paint conservatives as some kind of, you know, tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist. It's the left-wing that's the conspiracy theorist. They think President Trump colluded with Russia, and then Ocasio-Cortez out of New York thinks the world's going to end in 12 years because of global warming. I mean, they're the tinfoil hat wearers. They're the, they're the, they're the uh, conspiracy theorists. <laughs> We're not the conspiracy theorists. They're the ones believing the Russian hoax and the world's going to end in 12 years. But I digress. Back to my point here. Here's a couple things that this global warming slash climate change legislation or policy wants to do. They want to replace, they want to upgrade or replace every building in the U.S. with state-of-the-art energy efficiency. What does that mean? In practical terms, that means they want to bulldoze virtually every building in the U.S., including your home, and they want to replace it with an energy-efficient solar panel windmill-run home. Well, doesn't that sound great, but who on earth is going to pay for that? I don't know. Maybe the government? Maybe the government? That is a horrible idea. Imagine this. This is a very practical example, and it just came to my mind. Imagine this. You've got Minnesota in January, negative degrees, and you want to turn Minnesota or Chicago in January into a, into a solar or wind-operated city? You talk about folks freezing to death. Literally, people would freeze to death. It's negative 50 last week in, in Minnesota and other places in Montana, Wyoming, 
It's in the negatives. No sunshine because it snows for three days. And you want to run those buildings off of solar energy? Good luck with that. They'll be the first ones to go get their gas heaters when their their solar panels aren't working because the sun's not out. So that's a, this is a, see, this is like science fiction. But it's not even science fiction. It's worse than that because these people are being serious. But they want to implement this global warming, these global warming policies. And folks, these things don't work. They don't work. And you've got these out in California. By the end of 2020, they're making every home use solar solar energy as a primary source of energy. This is unaffordable. Have you looked at the cost of solar panels? They cost like thousands of dollars for like one solar panel. And that one solar panel might run like your refrigerator. But that's it. But that's it. And so the whole idea that we're going to run on wind power and solar energy, that's an absolute dream that will never come true. And But what they want to do is they want to wreck our economy. Moving on with this proposal, they want to, let's see here, they want to build a high-speed rail at a scale where air, air travel stops becoming necessary. <laughs> See, this is, this is their logic does not flow right. They want to build, they want to eliminate air travel. They want to eliminate planes and make these high-speed modern rail systems that take you from one city to another. Let me tell you how that's going to work, folks. First off, good luck getting Delta, United Airlines, and all the other conglomerates to shut the, shut down shut their doors. Good luck. They have a lot of lobbyists in Washington D.C. Good luck with that. But here's the other point. Okay. Oh, that sounds great. Let's make let's make rail systems, high speed rail systems, go from let's just say Memphis, Tennessee, to New York City. Do you know how many trees you're going to knock out of the way to get the railway from Memphis, Tennessee, to New York City? You're going to knock out thousands and millions of acres of trees and it's the democrats who are saying we got to save trees and so you get you get my point here this stuff does not add up on paper moving on here i could talk about this for an hour but let's see here uh one of the last things they want to do is they want to create along with this new deal this Green New Deal, they want to basically provide uh, basic income or mandatory income, if you will, for people, regardless of whether you work or not, which we kind of already have that with welfare. But they want to give out free money. They want to take the workers' money and the rich folks' money and then redistribute it across the country, whether you work or not. Whether you work or not. Now, how that's going to work, I don't know. But I guess they're going to try to keep printing money like we're already doing now to pay the bills. Socialism doesn't work. Look throughout world history. Capitalism, free market, individual responsibility, individual work ethic. That works. That's what built America. Exposing Washington American Family Radio. We'll be back next week. AFR.net is the website.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.